Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. Conversations that change the way you lead. In the past, Leadership File has featured some of the statistics regarding the declining church attendance in the UK, including that of the Church of England. Overall average attendance at Sunday services across England fell by 22,000 to 764,700 in 2014, a fall of 7% in five years. Many have ideas on how we might see a reversal in these trends. At the heart of the debate about reinvigorating the churches in our land is the kind of leadership training that is offered. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Dr Andy Emerton, Dean of St Melitus College in London, which is changing the theological training landscape, growing from nothing in 2007 to be one of the largest theological colleges in the UK and one of the largest theological colleges in the Anglican Church worldwide, with currently 210 ordinands in training and some 650 people taking its courses. So welcome, Andy, to Leadership Farm. Uh, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Well, um, I mean, your journey to St. Melitus, first of all. Uh, well, it wasn't uh, an, a straightforward one, actually. Oh. I didn't set out aiming to be in theological education. It wasn't mm. where I expected to end up. Mm. Um, I started off as a scientist. Mm. Um, so my background is actually in science, scientific consultancy. My PhD is in science. Um, rather than theology. Uh, but um, I've always, I guess I captured a passion along the way mm. for helping people to think through their faith, mm. how that plays out in life. Um, and I also picked up a real passion for leadership and leadership development uh, along the way as well. I did a lot of youth work uh, for mm. many years, so developing young leaders. Um, and then when I got ordained, um, I guess it perhaps no surprise that I ended up pulling these things mm. together. So um, after a curacy at Holy Trinity Brompton, uh, just around the time that St Melitus came into being, I uh, took up the opportunity to accept a role to work with them. And I guess the thing for me that's been absolutely fantastic mm. has been, been the bringing together of um, that love for helping people to think, in this case theologically, mm -hmm. thinking about life and faith and how that plays out in culture and society, but also that um, people development, that passion for shaping mm. uh, leaders, in this case leaders uh, for the church. So bringing together that sort of theology, that love for character formation, shaping mm. people's lives and just the practice of ministry and making a difference on the ground. Great. It, it would be remiss not to ask what your um, what branch of science you specialise in. You have a PhD uh, so, as well. Yeah, so um, I... If we can understand it. No, 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 you'll be able to understand it, no problem. So maths and computing was sort of uh, okay. where I started off, really. Um, and it was applied sort of theoretical physics. Mm. So it was actually sponsored by an oil company, which is right. uh, challenging in the current <laughs> climate for the oil companies. Yeah. But um, So it was oil, it was looking at complex fluids oh, okay. and oil and water. Uh, structures, so not massively relevant to the stuff I do now. Is there a tiny but, um, part of you that would have loved to have had a role in seeing some of that in your work? Yeah, so I, I did a little bit for a while. Mm -hmm. So after my PhD, I worked mm -hmm. for a con technical consultancy mm -hmm. um, firm called Detica and uh, loved that. I uh, loved the client interface, loved the sort of problem solving, the project mm -hmm. management stuff that went with that. But what's fascinating is that one of the things I've been able to bring to the St. Melitus role mm -hmm is that more strategic process, mm. organisational piece, which comes from that scientific mm. technical background. And mm. I work with theologians a lot, and uh, they're brilliant and fantastic, mm. wonderful people. Um, they're not always the most organised. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that St Melitus mm. has developed as it's grown, one of the particular roles that I've taken on, um, mm. first as assistant dean, and then more recently as dean, is that sort of structural process, mm. organisational piece, 
um, and particularly as we've had to rethink our leadership development, our management, our, our sort of as we've changed, mm. as we've grown, just rethinking how that whole thing then works. So it's amazing how God has used the different parts of my background to land in this role that I now have. Mm. Uh, and your own coming to faith? Uh, yeah, um, so as a teenager, um, amazingly, uh, confirmation classes of all things mm. in my little Anglican village church uh, just outside Chester. And um, what was really fascinating was a fairly nominal sort of going to church background, but but faith not being massively real within the home or family. Um, but actually the vicar of the local church was mm. was traditional, sort of robe choir, um, but he was passionate about Jesus. Mm. And actually in these confirmation classes, that really came through and it struck a chord with me and mm. God warmed my heart and, and the, spirit, you know, the spirit was at work. So again, and I think that's one of the other reasons why I'm passionate about the leadership development piece. Mm. You know, I saw the impact mm of somebody who, you know, really passionate about Jesus in their context and the difference that made yeah. uh, for my life. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I mentioned the phenomenal growth in uh, the college over nearly 10 years. We uh, we mentioned before the programme, Graham Tomlin, the, uh, who was then the, the, the founder. Yeah, um, absolutely. Was, was on the show uh, in the early years of the um, of, of St. Melitus. And, um, you know, what do you account for the growing numbers? I guess you must... You know, you must think we must be doing something right. But do you know what those things are? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess you know, we didn't set out to necessarily grow as big as we've become. Mm. Um, we set out, I guess, to play our part in the revitalization mm. of the church in this country. I think we all know how important that is. Your statistics that you quoted mm. at the beginning, we all want to try and see those um, uh, turned around. Uh, and we want the church to have a, a greater, not lesser mm. impact on society and on culture. So I think we set out just to play our part. Uh, in that, and I guess the thing that St. Melitus innovated, if you like, uh, the theological training landscape had traditionally been there was two routes mm. for Church of England uh, ordinance people who are going to lead Anglican churches to follow. One of those was full-time residential colleges where you left your context, your job, your church often, and you went to one of the seminaries um, and you lived there for two or three years, and then you'd go on to do a curacy somewhere else and move on. Um, or you trained part-time sort of evenings and weekends while still doing your, your normal job with all the challenges that that entailed as well. And I guess what we provided is a sort of third way, um, not saying that we want to change the other two routes. Mm. Still, they will still be right for a lot of people mm. out there. But what we wanted to offer was something that was fairly creative, quite innovative. Um, and, and essentially the key vision was to allow people to stay um, in a, a genuine, real local church community, with mission and ministry responsibilities and do their training within that context. So, I mean, teach first it would be the sort of parallel, I guess, in the education world, uh, teachers trained on the job. And if you like, I guess we're trying to train vicars on the job uh, a little bit. So the innovative model was what we call full-time church-based, context-based or mixed-mode training, uh, depending on who's uh, describing it. And um, and the key thing is they spend three days a week uh in a local church context, mm-hmm. and we have ordinance spread all over the country now um, in their context, but but in a, a context where they've got real mission and ministry responsibility uh, for three days a week. But then they're coming alongside that. They're also doing some theological training, some practical ministry training, mm-hmm. some thinking about leadership formation, leadership development. Uh, and, and the whole point of the St. Malitis model is mm-hmm. to put those things together uh, as far as possible. And we also do part-time training. So we do the mixed mode model and the and the part time okay. training, but it's been the, the mixed mode model, I guess, that's seen mm. the particular growth, and we feel has stimulated um, 
vocational growth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether you're aware, but um, the Church of England nationally have set themselves a vision of increasing uh, vocation to ordained ministry by 50 percent by 2020 mm-hmm. and that's because there's going to be along with some of the shrinking church statistics mm-hmm. that there are out there there's a statistic which suggests that um 40 uh, of the current clergy will be retiring in the next 10 years well so we're facing yes. a bit of a cliff face mm-hmm. in terms of clergy numbers around the country mm-hmm. and so um we're just wanting to play our part mm-hmm. in trying to support that vocational uh increase and and i guess one of the best things about this model of training is because an ordinance stays in their context, mm. in their, their their church, people see them while they're training. And they think, oh, if Fred, could, uh, mm. Fred can do that, maybe I could as well. Yeah. And so it just stimulates those, those thoughts about vocation. And when I talk about vocation, for some that's to ordain roles. Mm. But we also train youth pastors. We also train lay people who just want to do theology mm. degrees, theology courses, whether that's at undergraduate or postgraduate level, mm. people who want to think about their faith a little bit more deeply and how that plays out in their own space that they're called to, whether that's the workplace, mm. wider relationships, sure. so on. Uh, and your roots include an association with Holy Trinity Brompton. You mentioned yep. yourself. Your Absolutely. Own, um, time as a curate there. Yeah. Um, and that's the home of Alpha, so that's kind yep. of known, obviously, internationally. Um, a, a thriving evangelical charismatic church. Is that part of the attraction, do you think? Um, so I think, uh, I mean, our links to Holy Trinity Brompton are really strong and are really important. Um, HTB was, is what we describe as one of the three founding partners mm. of St. Bolitis, so the Diocese of London, uh, the Diocese of Chelmsford, mm-hmm. and and then Holy Trinity Brompton through its um, link with St. Paul's Theological Centre, mm-hmm. which is a sort of theological training side of um, HTB. So it's very much a, a key partner. Um, but obviously, um, with the diocese, and we serve many other dioceses as mm-hmm. well, broadly speaking, St. Melitus, we have this vision to serve the whole church. Mm-hmm. But what I guess we're offering is some of the missional possibility, mm-hmm. hope that HDB have become very well known for. Alpha in particular, mm-hmm. working across the denominations, has been a key part of that in, in terms of encouraging evangelism. And that's something that we would want to encourage across the breadth mm-hmm. Of the church, and so yeah, those links are are really important, and um, we continue to be closely tied in with um, Holy Trinity Brompton, and particularly with some of the church planting vision hmm. uh, that they've been uh, very much part of uh, as well. Yeah, indeed. I mean, a, a number of uh, Anglican churches in in London and and beyond have uh, been reinvigorated by by them sending teams. I did some research a long time back. And, um, you know, although Holy Trinity at that point was around 5,000, you could count at least 5,000 who'd, who'd left yeah. over that previous, yeah. previous 10 yeah. years. No. And it's really, I think what's really exciting is we've seen an acceleration mm. in people's awareness of the church planting vision, but also in, in sort of people thinking that actually this would be a really good idea. Mm. So actually there's a growing number of dioceses mm. across the country now who are proactively looking Mm. Uh, to have a sort of church plant or a church regeneration project mm. that's linked in some way mm. um, uh, to uh, to HDB. Yeah. Well, you're listening to Leadership Far with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Andy Emerton. Andy is the uh, Dean of St. Melitus College, and we'll be back just after this. Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by the Reverend Dr. Andy Emerton, the Dean of uh, St. Melitus College in London. We're talking particularly about the college and about its role in uh, training up particularly Anglican ordinance, uh, but also others uh, for Christian ministry and its phenomenal growth 
uh, from uh, nothing in 2007 to be one of the largest theological colleges in the UK. We were talking a little bit about its connection with with Holy Trinity Brompton. And Andy, we were talking uh, a bit earlier about uh, the, the kind of offering the way you offer your, your training yeah and I, I guess there is a, a debate over whether it's best to have a a long period of purely theological study yeah. uh, versus the one with a vocational element which you have you have three days kind of yeah. academic and uh, and other days um spent um spent on a in a local church context um uh, and i guess you know f- for some who i've spoken to they think i could never do that because you know pastoral ministry doesn't have boundaries and my academic yeah. world needs boundaries yeah. uh, and therefore they, they but what do your students tell you yeah well um I, I mean i think our experience now having worked with this model for seven or eight years and we've tweaked it mm. and i think the boundaries comment mm. is a really apt one mm. actually um i mean i think if we're what we're trying to train is people who are going mm. to um be sustained in their ministry over 20 30 potentially mm. 40 years for some of the younger ones and and actually um having the right balance in your life the right priorities and the right boundaries in your life is a, is a vitally important part of sustaining that ministry and we all know um church leaders who have sadly burnt out or mm. become dry or lost their passion uh over over many years so i think that one of the challenges of our model mm. is the mix of theology practical ministry and having to do life well in the midst of that so in one sense it pressures people a little bit more but actually what that helps us to do is to help them to work out what their appropriate boundaries are within that space and inevitably we'd encourage we say to all our students look we hope that even when you leave us you'll continue to have a certain amount of your time bounded to do further study ongoing reading so that you're resourcing your preaching your teaching your vision your your ministry generally now obviously it won't be half and half long term um, but actually, we find that the half and half model, while they're training, is a really good way of them learning some of the important skills that they'll need to continue to balance their priorities long term. Because we want them to be doing some theological studies, mm. practical ministry and, and doing life well mm. over that long haul. So we find the pressure that this model uniquely creates is quite a helpful pressure for a lot of people. It doesn't It's not to say it's easy. In one sense, I would say this is the harder way of training mm. uh, within the Church of England. It's certainly the most full on, I think, in terms of time. Um, but I think it's probably something that it, we think shapes people healthily for that long haul. Yeah. And and if if someone trained with a tr- so-called traditional model, yeah. they would have to d- develop that pressure themselves as a curacy or yeah. a curacy or Yeah, and inevitably, uh, they, if they trained just doing the theology, as mm-hmm. I did, interestingly, mm-hmm. um, before this model was available, so I did my three years residential context, mm-hmm. um, which was great. I loved the theology. Mm-hmm. I loved the, the experience of that. But what it lacked for me was that engagement with practice in a way that I was really able to think through what my leadership looked like in this space mm. um, and what my calling to ministry looked like in this space. So I think that's that is a, obviously that's what a curacy has traditionally done mm. for people within the Anglican Church. Um, and, and yeah, they have to work that out at that stage. And that and it, it does helpfully um, enable to contextualise what you're learning all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that's that's the, the the criticism of theological study can be that it's, it's ivory towerish, yeah, uh, yeah. and yeah. and your, your context yeah. is always going to be playing into yeah. what you're learning. Yeah, and, and we wouldn't want to undermine that drive mm. for theological excellence, mm. which the residential colleges are brilliant at doing. Mm. But but it's very interesting. One of my staff team um, who had taught for quite a long time in the residential world uh, um, is now teaching with us. Um, she says that one of the things that fascinates her, she finds that our students ask what she calls sharper questions and what she means by that is that they're they're bringing the encounter mm. with 
a pastoral situation or an evangelistic opportunity from Thursday in their context to the theology they're studying on a Monday. And as a result, they're asking sharper questions in terms of how this plays out in terms of practice. So uh, it's not for everybody, but it does seem to be uh, helping some to to grow. Looking at the kind of leadership element of, of your work, um, your yeah. job title is out of dean. What does what does that what do, what does the work require? Uh, yeah, a whole lot of different hats at all sorts of different times, as you you can uh, imagine. And obviously, we've been really privileged. The things grown, as I, as we've said, we now have a, a site in the northwest. So as well as the London mm-hmm. Centre and Chelmsford Centres, we have a centre based out of Liverpool Cathedral in the northwest, serving five dioceses: um, so Blackburn, Carlisle, Manchester, Chester, and Liverpool. So in partnership. Mm-hmm. with those dioceses and we m- mimic the full-time mixed mode model okay. in london up in liverpool because obviously travel times into our center for the mm-hmm. days a week they're, they're doing their training are really important um so so inevitably as dean i've got oversight uh, mm-hmm. for all of that so a lot of it is people management mm-hmm. a lot of it is um, maintaining really good relationships with the senior team different people who are taking on different responsibilities mm-hmm. within the life of the college there's that organizational structural um, process piece so we've been through as we've grown inevitably we've had to change the way we do things um, and so there's mm-hmm. been a certain amount of sort of change management um, within that uh, and I guess some of my background in consultancy has not been unhelpful mm. um, there but and then there's the sort of lead the sort of the, the sort of point of unity within the life of the college the role that the dean has to take on um, holding together we have a very diverse student body and a very diverse staff team um, and, and holding that together is one of my my roles mm. as dean as well, and then trying to offer a lead in vision mm. uh, engagement um, with the sort of wider church conversations like this, mm-hmm. um, which are a privilege privilege to do. And and the other person who's still very involved in all of that is um, now Bishop Graham Tomlin, uh, mm. who's president. He became Bishop of Kensington in September. He's now president of St Malitis, mm. and he remains closely involved in some of those those sort of those, those unity vision strategic pieces as well. Uh, and, um, theological college is a challenging place to lead. You, you know, um, having been involved in the journalists as with Premier Christianity uh, magazine, uh, look back to the days where you know there were some pretty pretty tough decisions had to be made, and also some you know some relational difficulties. Should we say? Yeah. What What are the challenges you face, particularly as a as a dean? Um, so, well, I mean, I think um, inevitably we have a logistics issue. Mm. So, because our model, we don't have them all week. We don't have the students all week. So our contact time with our students is um, tighter than it would be in a residential college. So we have to try and make the most of that. So I think one of the things, one of the challenges as Dean has been to think through how we maximise the student staff interface. And as we've grown bigger, how we sensibly and effectively and wisely break the big down into the small. Mm. Because obviously one of the things that is key in ministry training is formation. And we throw this word formation around. We mean all sorts Mm. of different things by that. But what I mean by it really is this holistic sense of shaping people after ultimately the likeness of Jesus Christ. Mm. Doing we only have them for a two or three year period, but doing everything we can within that space Mm. to enable them to sharpen their own self understanding, their self awareness, awareness of the impact they have on on others. Mm. And we all know those things are vital in church ministry. So so trying to maximise that uh, has been one of the things that I've been particularly sort of passionate about and trying to think mm. through um, and, and improve over the years and, and as Dean now that question of formation and how are we best shaping all the different students that we mm. have in our care uh, is, is definitely one of the priorities and one of the challenges. Yeah I was going to ask you know you, you, you look at that as one of your courses that you teach and spiritual formation are there particular 
um, approaches that you've uh, appreciate writers mm. thinkers that you, yeah you, I mean value? Uh, yeah there's all sorts of people out there obviously I mean uh, I only knew on is uh, mm -hmm. one of the guys mm -hmm. I particularly find helpful because he's able to simplify things in mm. some ways so so wonderfully um his little book in the name of jesus mm. uh, which is probably one of the shortest books on christian leadership <laughs> that there is out there but i think in one sense one of the most profound certainly one of the most challenging mm. uh, that i've read he talks about um the temptations of re re uh, relevance popularity and power mm. as being three of the fundamental flaws in those who would aspire to leadership roles in whatever form within the church, lay mm. roles, um, ordained roles, and, and, and so on. And, of course, what he's getting at underlying that is this vital importance of character mm. uh, and of Christian character and of the people we're becoming. Mm. Um, and so that's one of the things that, that we're then trying to work out mm. in, in our model of training. Um, so um, him, I mean, I think in terms of the model of, of sort of theological education that we're trying to work with, so this balance of theology practice, uh, how God is shaping you, in the midst of that, um, all done within the context of worship, prayer, and, and, and those things. Um, Robert Banks mm -hmm. has got a little book, um, Re-Envisioning Theological Education, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, he subtitles A Missional Alternative to Current Models. Mm -hmm. And he does a little bit of work analysing there the different approaches that have been taken uh, to theological education sort of over, over the centuries mm -hmm. um, and trying to say, OK, what's a... a an appropriate model for today mm. um, and he's pushing particularly thinking it, uh, about a seminary context pushing um, colleges to be much more missional mm. uh, in their engagement of, for students while training now in one sense we've taken that a step further and said okay let's actually put them in context mm. so they are doing mission and ministry and then help them to reflect theologically uh, within that space but he's he's quite an interesting writer um, reflecting on theological education but also on christian leadership we mentioned the challenge the Church of England um, has in terms of, um, of of seeing growth. Um, the mission shaped report, uh, church report, advocated creating lay or ordain, ordained pioneer ministers in recognition of the need to create new, fresh expressions of church, yeah. um, where particularly where tra traditional church is not thriving. You have a pioneer leader stream. Um, what kind of proportion opt for this? How's it? How's that bit of the things so, going? So that's a, a Church of England thing, mm. a little bit, in that there is a, an official label mm. that some ordinands have, which mm. is this OPM, Ordained yeah. Pioneer Ministry mm. label. And so some of the ordinands who come through the selection process and come to train with us or at other places come with that label. Mm. Now, what's fascinating mm. is that we tend to suggest to our students that, I mean, ultimately we don't. Uh, although we cater for pioneers mm. within the, in the training, we don't create a, an entirely different stream okay. for them. Right, okay. so what we actually say is, if you're going to be training for mm. mission and ministry within the church today in mm. our current situation with society, actually our sense is that you should all be pioneers. So uh, Time's almost gone, sadly, Andy, but um, what's on the horizon for theological training at St. Malatis? <laughs> I mean, you've, you mentioned the... The, north, northwest, the northern yeah. side, yeah. northwest side. I mean, we've always said we're happy to partner mm. with any part of the church that wants to um, wants to work with us. Mm. Um, there are other people now. I mean, the great thing about this sort of third way to training is that we're not the only people running that model now. So many of the other theological mm. colleges in the country, the Anglican ones, are now running mixed-mode models of their own, mm. either attached to a residential mm. model or perhaps to a part-time model. So I think... From our side, we're sort of encouraged that we've stimulated mm. uh, the thinking um, and the approaches to ministry training around the country. I think, obviously, time will tell as to whether we're making any difference. Mm. 
um, are some of our first ordinands are now beginning to take on you know, incumbency roles, leading churches perhaps for the first time. So it'll be an interesting question to see whether actually our model has made any difference in terms of the, the, the actual leadership that they managed to work out, the, the ministry formation that they take on in those those places. So so time will tell. Wonderful. Well, it's been ter- terrific to chat with you. And I mean, congratulations on such a, um, a vibrant, um, you know, history recent history yeah, you know, in thank terms you. of uh, in terms of how god's used you um, and obviously folk can go to saintmelitus.ac.uk yeah saintmelitus.ac.uk is the website okay. and uh, all the courses and ways mm. to sign up or find out uh, about the things we do and of course we do courses at accredited level but we also do uh, introductory courses um we have uh, courses that are non-accredited you don't have to read a book or write an essay you can come and access some theology just as a taste and in its location so between earls court and gloucester road is the main center but we also obviously chelmsford so if mm. you're in sort of essex yeah. direction based in chelmsford cathedral mm. on thursday nights and we do mid daytime and evening delivery of, of courses as well splendid well you've been listening to the leadership file with me andy peck i'm Joined this week by Andy Emerton. So thank you, Andy, for his uh, input today. The Reverend Dr. Andy Emerton, Dean of St. Melitus College. Uh, Do log on to Premier's uh, website. You can listen to archives of the Leadership File, including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.